but we want to get back into the series that we were teaching. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to jump right in the word. I want you to make this confession, say, I am ready to receive the word. I am ready to receive the word. I am ready the to word. receive the word. Lay ready. hands on your I head, lay hands on your heart. I am ready, I am to, ready receive to receive the word. the word. And when I, when, what does it mean I'm ready to receive the word? I don't, I'm not just looking for more information. Right. My heart's open to hear directly from God about me and my situation, what I need to do. Yes, 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 yes. So let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We thank you for the depth of revelation that you have put in your word. And we thank you that we don't have to mine it out by ourselves because we have the precious Holy Spirit who is our teacher, who searches the deep things of your heart and reveals them to us. So, Father, as we continue in this study of the names of God, we thank you that you are showing us what every single name that's encompassed in Jesus. So when we call on the name of Jesus, it is not from some religious place, but it is from confidence in who you are. And we thank you for the transformation. And we pray if anybody's listening today and they don't know you, if they're not sure, if they're in a backslidden state, that this word would grab them and show them how deeply they are loved and cause their eyes to be flooded with light that they may come home to you. Help us to grow in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So as you know, <laughs> Pastor Sean alluded to this uh, two weeks ago, we started a new series entitled What's in a Name? What's in a Name? And we began to talk about this idea that God is a multifaceted God. Uh, and, and because God was a multifaceted God, he knew that the people were going to be looking for a God that could that could respond to their varying situations. And so we started talking about that God understood that. And so because of that, God has many names that are encapsulated in who he is. And then last two weeks ago, we started off with the name of Yahweh. We started with the name of Yahweh. Uh, and I won't re-preach all of that. I will tell you that we had three takeaways. We had three takeaways uh, from, from a couple of weeks ago. And the first one was this. It was that our knowledge about God will impact our faith in God, which will impact our manifestation. In other words, we said the more we know about God, the more intimate that we know that not just that he is God, the generic name, but that there are multi-facets of him and that to know each of those names is to know him more intimately. And so we said that our knowledge about him, it impacts our faith. The, the, the more I know about you, the more I can, I can depend on you based on your character, based on your behaviors, based on what I've seen you do. And the same thing is true for God. It says it's impact our faith in God, which impacts our manifestation. And then we said that point number two was that also our knowledge of God can grow if we will be intentional about learning more about who he is. Amen. That's why we said that this series is not designed to just give you information. It's really designed to give you revelation. It's like the Apostle Paul when he prayed and he said, I pray that your, the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. I pray that I pray that you get a, a aha moment around what this means when we talk about what's in a name, because today we're going to introduce another name, another facet of our wonderful God. And, and then number three, we said that the name of Jesus, praise God, contains all, all the names. names. All the names and all the characteristics and the power associated with those names and characteristics and that we need to know what's in 
his name. So we need we, we, we need the knowledge. We need to be intentional about gaining the knowledge, but not for knowledge sake. We need to do that so that we can understand how all of that is encapsulated in Jesus and how that enables us to understand and incorporate all of the names of God into our lives as I we begin that. to worship him. I love that. And so today we're going to introduce a new name. And before we do, I want to share this scripture from Psalms 19. I want us to get ready. I love how you said, uh, you told everybody to say, I am ready for the word. I am ready for the word. And it's such a, it's such a wonderful setup because truly that's what this scripture is all about. Psalms 119 and 130 in the voice translation says this. It says, when your words are unveiled, Light shines forth. Light is like revelation. Mm -hmm. So when God's word comes, revelation comes. It says, and it brings understanding to the simple. In other words, what I couldn't make sense of before, when God's word shows up in my life, it illuminates me in such a way that it's almost like, how did I not know that before? How did I not know that? And then I love how it reads in the Amplified, Psalms 119 and 130. It says, the interest and the unfolding of your word to give light. Their unfolding, the, the words unfolding, gives understanding. It gives me discernment and comprehension to the simple. It says it gives me discernment and comprehension. So I'm encouraging you this morning that as you're listening to this word, don't just listen to it for information's sake. Ask Holy Spirit. Tell Holy Spirit, say, I, in fact, go ahead and type this in the comment section. Say, I am open. I am am open. Be open and allow Holy Spirit to speak to you concerning the name we're going to talk about today. And Pastor Sean is going to introduce that name and some information and revelation about that name. And I declare in Jesus' name, it's going to drop on you and it's going to change your life forever. Amen. Listen, as you were sitting there, I was thinking of a couple things as we get ready to get into this name that I feel like the Holy Spirit said to me that there are several people who are watching this morning and they may not be. One of the things we've learned about this is that everybody's watching may not necessarily be someone we can see that's watching, but you're wondering if God loves you and you feel like you've made too many mistakes. And I want to tell you that Abba loves you. And not only does he love you, but we love you. We love you with the love of Jesus. So if you were wondering if you are loved by God, absolutely you are loved by God. If you are wondering if I was loved, I'm, am I loved by God in spite of the mistakes that I've made? God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to, re to redeem you. Abba loves you and we love you. And so partners, I just want to challenge you. If you see somebody come on the line or maybe somebody you see every week and you feel the need to tell them that you love them this service, I want you to do that because, you know, We've, we've seen, you know, Nietzsche and I have talked about the increase of people who are really struggling, really feeling isolated and stuff. And we want you to know that you are deeply, deeply, deeply loved by God and by us, right? And that Jesus loves you. And so this is so beautiful. Why? Because if you don't know that God loves you, the names of God don't mean that much to you. They don't mean that much to you. And so you have to know that he loves you. So when you're hearing about these different aspects of who he is, you know, he is not withholding any good thing from you. So that's the next thing we want to say. So I want to challenge everybody to say, God loves me and he's not withholding any good thing from me. 
God loves me and he's not withholding any good thing from me because what we want to happen is that as you grow in your knowledge of God, you're not feeling like a stepchild or a child that, you know, that doesn't have a parent that you're knowing that when we reveal him as Yahweh, he's Yahweh for you too. When we reveal him for as this next name, he's that for you too. He loves me and he is not withholding anything from me, not anything good from me. And so this leads us into the name of God we're talking about today. His name is El Shaddai. Come on and type that in the comments. El Shaddai, the all sufficient sustainer. I want to say good morning to, I mean, happy birthday to Pastor, I mean, to Cynthia Jackson. Today is Cynthia Jackson's birthday. Um, happy birthday to you. And we're so thankful to have you as one of our partners. But his name is El Shaddai. Come on and type that in the comments. El Shaddai. What does it mean when we say El Shaddai? He is the all sufficient sustainer. One of the parts that God highlighted, I mean, that Pastor Elwin highlighted for us in the prophecy is that God will sustain us. Mm -hmm. And El Shaddai is our sustainer. He is the sustaining God. Amen. Say El Shaddai is my sustainer. This is so good. So it says the most, this is the most popular El compound names. El Shaddai is the most popular El compound name. So there are other names like El Rohi, um, El Elyon, but El Shaddai is the most popular names and it means the all sufficient one. And it is usually translated in English Bibles as God Almighty, the Almighty or Almighty God. So when you're looking in your Bible and you see God Almighty, when you see the Almighty or Almighty God, what are you really seeing? El Shaddai. El Shaddai. So now you think about this. When we need to be sustained, that's a job for El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. And we have a God who sustains us. Amen. Amen. So here are some things we know. So because here's the thing. The exact um, origin of Shaddai is not really fully known. But all of the experts have come together and they've taught us some things. They told us that the Hebrew word die, Shaddai, it means sheds forth pours out or heat benefits. Now that's good. You ought to take some notes on that. Shaddai, the die part of that, it means shed forth, pours out to heat benefits. So it suggests that he is the God of provision, the God of substance, and the God of blessing. Thus God is all sufficient, all bounty for ale. Now listen, think about this. I need you to stop and get this revelation and let this soak in. He is the God who gives us provision, substance, and blessing. This is a job for El Shaddai, right? Mm -hmm. So he is our all-sufficient, all-bountiful God. He is our all-sufficient, all-bountiful God. So what does that mean? When you're looking at something and you go, and God has put something in your heart and you go, I could never afford that. This is a job for El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he is our all-sufficient, all-bountiful God, right? The next thing we know is that the Hebrew word shad, S-H-A-D, it means breast and it occurs 24 times as Shaddai and it signifies the one who nourishes, supplies, and satisfies. So wait, wait, wait. In just this one name of God, 
the one the first thing we learn is that he is provision yep. he is sustenance and he is the blessing and then we find out that he is the one who nourishes supplies and satisfies amen somebody come on and praise the lord for that right there he is the one who nourishes supplies and satisfies mm -hmm. amen Combined with the word for God, L, it becomes the one mighty, the one mighty to nourish, satisfy, and supply. Say, my God is mighty. My God is mighty. My God is mighty. Now, why am I saying it to you like this? Because I don't want you to just, you know, hear it and run over it. I want you to think about whatever in your life that you need provision in, whatever it is that's in your life that you need supply in. And I love what Sid just said. He said, knowing his name intimately gives us access because what we do is that when we know him as, when you know someone can do something, mm -hmm. then you ask them to do what they can yep. do. And I was thinking about even in my own instance, you know, my government name is Rashandra. Mm -hmm. And people who just know me as Rashandra, they know a different aspect of me than people who know me as Sean. Mm -hmm. And people who know me as Sean and don't know me as Rashandra, then they know an aspect of me, but it's not the same. But there are some people who know me as both. Mm -hmm. And when we have a relationship with God, we want to know everything that our human spirit can possibly contain about who he is why? Because it gives us so much confidence as we live day to day. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. The more we know about our God, the more confidence we have as we live day to day. Now, I'm telling y'all, this is the kind of message that you need to share. There is a world around us. They are discouraged. They don't know that God cares. They think that they've been abandoned. They're concerned about food prices. They're wondering if they're ever going to be satisfied. And we need to tell them about El Shaddai. And in fact, this week, you need to decide right now that you're going to be intentional about ministering the aspect of Jesus known as El Shaddai to the people of God. Mm -hmm. And I just want to insert and give you this testimony about the job of El Shaddai. A couple of weeks ago, there was this young lady who I only know through Facebook who put a prayer up. And she said that she felt like the Lord had led her to pray for people who were thinking about suicide. She got several messages and this one young lady said to her, basically, I'm in this city. I don't have any family. I don't have any family to go back to. I'm living in my car that they're about to repossess. It's cold. And I'm thinking that since no one cares about me, that maybe the best thing I could do is just go ahead and die. Right. Mm -hmm. This young lady says, no, no, no. God cares about you and we're going to show you that he cares. She begins to reach out, puts on her Facebook page and says, hey, listen, we got this lady. She needs desperately to know that God loves her. And do you realize that when El Shaddai shows up many of many times, he's going to show up through us? Yeah, because we're his hands in the earth. Because we're his hands in the earth. So by the time I saw the post, she had already gotten the lady a week stay in a hotel. And how many of you know that if you're sleeping in your car, a week stay is a good thing, but it's a big it doesn't deal. it's a big deal, yeah. but it doesn't really fix the problem. Right. So I send her this message and I say to her, I say, what else does she need? And she says, Well, she's trying to hide a car that's about to get repossessed. 
And I said, well, obviously I don't know her. I'm not just going to send her money for a car note, but if she'll give me her information to log in, I will pay her car note. Now, at the same time that this is happening, Canaan has just gotten her car and people are blessing her with gas money, right? So it's the job of El Shaddai, his ability to supply at every level. Anyway, long story short, we're being a blessing to this lady. We end up paying for her car note for several months so she doesn't have to worry about it. We come back yesterday. Wait a minute. Hold on. Guys, guess what happened? This was like on a Saturday. That Monday, guys, she got a job. So now she's seeing, how do we know that that act of generosity, that El Shaddai showing up through us, putting her in a hotel, wasn't the reason that she was even still alive to get a job. She got a job making more money than she had ever made before, right? And then guess what we were able to do yesterday? Put her in an Airbnb for six weeks, right? So when we think about El Shaddai, let's not just think about him coming from heaven and something happening. Let's think about him being active in us to be a blessing to the world around us. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. And so when we are blessing people, when we are helping people, we are operating as El Shaddai in the earth. We are showing them that he is provision, that he is substance, he is blessing. We are showing that he is the one who nourishes, he is the one who supplies, and he is the one that satisfies. And then the root word, Shaddai, it means to overpower and destroy. It suggests absolute power. While Elohim is the God who creates in the name of Shaddai, God reveals himself as the one who compels nature to do what is contrary to itself. He is able to triumph over every obstacle and opposition. He is able to subdue all things to himself. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means that this El Shaddai still makes storms stand still. This El Shaddai still causes wombs to open. Yep. This Shaddai still causes cancer to dry up. He is Everything is created out of him. And so he can even cause things to do what they shouldn't be able to do for his glory and for the mm -hmm. people of God. Amen. 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 And if you begin to look at this and you begin to combine <laughs> all of this together, what you really begin to see is this picture of an almighty God who nourishes and sustains. He gives life. He then protects life. He then adds to life. And he's That's an good. almighty God who can do that. All of this combined revealed our God as the God who mightily nourishes, protects, satisfies, and supplies. And just like we mentioned when we were talking about uh, Yahweh two weeks ago, God revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. And we can see how he sustained Abraham. We can also see in scripture how he sustained Isaac and how he sustained Jacob throughout their lives. Now, if he sustained Abraham, if he sustained Isaac, if he sustained Jacob, if he sustained the widow woman, if he sustained everybody else we can read about in the word of God, he, he, he sustained uh, the three Hebrew boys, right? He sustained them while they were in the midst of a fire. When you read that story, one of the great things about that is it says that when they came out of the furnace, they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, you know, that's crazy. 
They, they were, you know they were in a burning fire. He didn't just deliver them from the fire. He did, he literally delivered them from the remnants of what they had been through. Because you can go into a place where people are smoking yes. and come out smelling like smoke. Yes. They went in a fiery furnace and they came out without smelling he like smoke. He delivered them from the remnants of what they had been through. Yes. Why? Because he's a sustainer. It's why the Bible tells us in Galatians 3 and 29, it says, and if ye be Christ then are you also Abraham's seed? So in the same way God sustained Abraham, he has sustained you because God made that covenant with Abraham to be a blessing to Abraham's children. He says, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to that promise. As heirs of Christ, we have access to all of God, which includes knowing him as El Shaddai. Now, it's up to us to recognize that he's the almighty God. It's up to us to recognize that he is a sustainer, a protector, a nourisher, and a giver of life, and a sustainer of that life. And once we realize that, we go, wait, what God did for Abraham, what he did for Isaac, what he did for Jacob, the way he sustained uh, the, the widow woman, the way he mm -hmm. sustained mm -hmm. uh, if all the people in the Old Testament, all the people in the New Testament, the same God, the way he sustained Jesus when they had to pay their taxes, <laughs> the same God gives that ability for us to be sustained today. No, I love this so much. And it's funny because you know our church, they always want to give feedback. Chris says, I go into the gas station and I smell like potato logs. I know that was God. Dexter <laughs> Lee said, you can't even stand near a smoking barbecue beer and yep. not smell like smoke. But understand, you can take that principle and understand that God is going to bring you out of things and you won't smell like what you've been through. You won't look like what you've been through. And that's the key when we talk about God being a sustainer. It's not just he lets you barely make it through. We gotta, we gotta wipe that mentality out of here. God ain't just barely letting me live through life and sustaining me so I don't kill myself or sustaining me so I can maybe pay my bill late. We're not. We when God sustains you as El Shaddai, you don't look like what you've been through. Amen. You, Amen. The three Hebrew boys didn't look like what they had been. They didn't smell like they. they there was no remnant of that of of what the devil intended for trauma. You know, th this is so beautiful because I was thinking, you know, the Bible tells us his thoughts are not our thoughts, which is why we need the Holy Spirit to elevate our thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. And part of the challenge for many of us is we may see sustaining as a bare minimum. Yes. And that's Put this not in the comments say there is nothing about God that's bare minimum. No. Put that in the comments. The Bible says that he sustained Adam and Eve in the garden. But when you read about the garden, it was more the garden they could have ever used. It God's not into barely making it by. When we talk about he's a sustainer, his sustaining is different than what we than what the what the world has called a sustaining is. God will take you through God will bring you through situations so that those situations don't even have any impact on your life anymore if you embrace El Shaddai into your life that way. No, it's such a beautiful thing. And and it it, it when you understand it, it will change how you live. Mm -hmm. It will change how you expect, but it will also change the way you give. Absolutely. One of the reasons that I really loved working with this young lady to help this other young lady get a place is she said from the beginning. I know she's homeless, but I'm not putting her in a place that I wouldn't put my daughter in. Sure. 
She said, I'm not just putting her anywhere and telling her she should be thankful. And many of us, we've had life experiences that when we barely had, people told us we should just be thankful for anything. So we should be thankful that we still got a limp. We should be thankful that we still got mental trauma because we still here. But I need you to receive today that God is the God of El Shaddai. And when he sustains, he sustains fully. And for some of you, that just became your release because other people have been saying to you, you should just be content that you got out with your life. But Jesus said that he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I really believe that as a people, when we begin to get a revelation of El Shaddai, we are going to see wholeness, freedom, healing, and increase and souls being saved like mm -hmm. never, ever before. Because you'll understand that God didn't save you for you to still struggle with all of those addictions. Because God doesn't do anything bare minimum. Everything he does is in excellence and abundance. I love what Dexter said. His provision exceeds abundance in quantity and quality. Amen. Hallelujah. And I need you to say this, say this is a job for El Shaddai. Yes. This is a job for El Shaddai. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're thinking about, it's a job for El Shaddai. He sustains, he, he, he's just everything. Listen, I was reading, just, it was so much good stuff out there about El Shaddai. And it says the psychology of the Jewish people when they think about God is El Shaddai. They think about him as being the God, El, who is sufficient for you. He is the God who is sufficient for me. In that capital E denotes the almighty God. The almighty God. God understood they had other gods. But when he said that, I, when, he, when he was saying that I am who I am, he, when he was describing himself, when he was saying I am, I am the all sufficient when I'm the one you need. It's that capital E-L. It's the capital E-L. He, he is the God who is sufficient for me. And listen, they just put this on the screen. This was actually the best quote I found in the commentary. In one of the Jewish rabbis, he says, when we think about El Shaddai, he was saying to his people, there it is. you do not need any other <laughs> God or yep. magical power, yep. even if other nations do. Yep. Man, let me tell you something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wait a minute. Hold on. You do not need any other God or magical power, even if other nations do. Yep. I love this because let me tell you what this says to me. Even if other people need horoscopes to be blessed, even if other people need to depend on their sign, the moons, moon, water, sage, we don't need any of that. Why? Because our God, the great El Shaddai, is sufficient for us. And I love this because I just found out so many interesting things as I was studying this. And one of them is that when God introduces himself to his people, he doesn't say to them, I'm the only God. No. He says, I'm the most high yeah, God. Because he understood they had others. Right. Right. Demons. Right. You know, demigods, right. fallen angels. They even worship the things that he made. Mountains yes. and, and trees and water. But he said, none of that can sustain you like I can sustain you. Right. I am the ultimate sustainer. 
And it's one of the things that we see in Greek mythology, which is why in Greek and Roman mythology, they had to have a God for this and a God yeah. for this. They had to have a God of the sea. Because they didn't have God. an almighty God. Because they didn't have an <laughs> almighty God. So for every place in your life that you've had to have another God, let us introduce you to El Shaddai. He is the most high God who sustains you. <laughs> let the God of your checkbook also be the God of your heart. Let that let the same God that, that governs your heart govern your checkbook. Let the same God that governs your personality be the one that governs your behavior. Let this let the Almighty God be the God in every part of your life. My God, come on, tell you, go, just put in the comments, say El Shaddai. El Shaddai, come on and bless the name of the Lord. He is the God who is sufficient. Mm -hmm. I love that it says. That when he's coming in, he's introducing himself to Abraham in a time, history says that Abraham's father actually owned a shop that sold gods, mm. that shows, showed idols, mm. um, that sold idols, right? And, and, and the sages and the scribes, they say that when Abraham was introduced into God, right? That much like we've seen in other places in the Bible, this isn't in the Bible, but this is what Jewish people, the sages say. They say that when he was introduced into God, to God as one God, that literally he smashed all of the, um, the idols in his father's shop trying to explain to his father, we don't need any of these idols anymore because we have one God. And somebody ought to do like Abraham and you ought to smash all of the idols in your life. You ought to smash your reputation. You ought to smash your need for control. You ought to smash your mama opinion when it go against God. You ought to smash those ungodly relationships and be like, I don't need all of those gods because I have El Shaddai and he sustains. Hashtag smash. Hashtag smash and not the way people think. Hashtag smash. This is your time to say, man, I've had my life so compartmentalized. Yep. I've kept my life. I, I let God be God of my spirituality, but I don't let him. I'm, he's not the God of my career. Yep. He's not the God of my marriage. He is the God of my kids. No, hold on. I'm like Abraham. Let's smash everything. Serve one God. Serve one. The oh, almighty on. God. Serve one, Serve one God. God. The almighty God. I, come on, guys, listen, because you know, and I know a lot of believers wouldn't want to admit that they have so many idols in their life. But if you would just stop and think all the other things you consult before you obey God, you could decide today, man, I'm going to do like the historian say Abraham did. I am smashing all of smashing my idols. All of I am smashing all of my Amen. idols. Baby's getting so much <laughs> He's so tickled out of this. Come on, smash all your idols today because let me tell you about your idols. They're insufficient anyway. They are. They are. They They're are. insufficient they are. anyway. Right. Right. How many of you have ever had an idol in your life and you found out it was insufficient? It was supposed to satisfy, but it didn't satisfy. Well, we say all the time, money's a great tool, but it's a terrible God. Oh, it's a great tool, but <laughs> money's it's a, a bad great God. Tool, but it's a terrible, terrible God. It's a terrible God, right? And so what we want to do, this is the beautiful thing too, is that as we teach about the names of God, what happens is that as we exalt Jesus as the one true God, mm -hmm. all of the idolatry in our life can be torn down so that God's desire for us can be seen. You know, people don't realize it, but so many things can become your God if you're not careful. Yes. Your, your intellect 
can become your God. You know, here in Northwest Arkansas, where we live, we're fortunate in that, you know, if you look at just our state in general, but you look at our particular region, our region is in the number of people who have degrees is actually higher than the national average in this region. Right. Because you have organizations like Walmart and Parkton Gamble and, you know, Tyson and J.B. Hunt and all these companies who brought all of these degreed people into the area. And so sometimes when that happens, people allow their intellect to become more important than what the word of God says. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's it's easier <laughs> to share the gospel with people who, who, who haven't matriculated through universities and gotten so much education because what they do is they think they become smarter than God. And one of the things that we've always said is we didn't care how many degrees we had, God's word is going to be number one in our life. So I don't know what is I don't know what it is that you are battling in your life. But if it's something in your life that is telling you to do something other than what God is doing, you got to make the decision to do like Abraham did in his dad's shop. You got to smash those idols. And so many things can become an idol in your life. Actually, anything you put before God becomes a God. I say all the time, whatever you have to consult before you obey God is your God. Is your God. That's right. Listen, sometimes I. I love this. I love what Latanya said. She said, your work can become your Absolutely. idol. Absolutely. Your work can become your idol. That's just that you can become your idol. You, 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 your own desire for what you want can become your idol. Absolutely. A lot of mothers, you have to be careful that your children don't become yep. your idols. Your children become so important to you that you will literally disobey God to do something for your My children. Your God. spouse can become your yep. idol. Nobody deserves first place in your life but God. And sometimes when we talk about marriage, people, and I hear, and it's, it's funny because- Come on, I, talk about it. I, I know hear, where you're going. You know where I'm going. I hear women say this all the time. They say things like, well, God told me to do so-and-so, but my husband said I can't. What do you mean? Because at the, the, and I'm not trying to tell people that they should have, you know- discourse in their marriage but as a if you if, if i love you you love me i believe you hear god you believe i hear god if god tells you to do something as your husband my job ain't to tell you no if if i don't think it is my job is to go to god and have god tell you no it, it, that, that's how it should work but this idea that women in general that we talk to a lot of will be like the lord told me to tithe my husband said we can't tithe what do you mean you, you might not can't tithe his money, but do you make money? You can tithe yours. And people be like, oh, Pastor Edwin, you telling folks that they shouldn't be uh, listening to their husband. I'm telling you, you ought to be listening to God. The <laughs> Bible, that's what I'm telling The you. Bible is very clear. The Bible is clear. We submit to leadership, Absolutely. to spouses, as they follow God. Yes. The I love you. The moment you ain't following God, I have no obligation to listen, follow you. Listen, and, 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 and just because I'm doing something different than the way you may see it doesn't mean I'm not following God. Yes. That's why I say, if I truly believe, if you tell me, you say, hey, Pastor Edwin, uh, this is what the Lord told me to do. And I really don't believe you should do it. We'll have a conversation about it. But if you're like, nope, this is what the Lord told me to do, then my job is to say, okay, here's the reason why I think you shouldn't. Any other conversation I have is not going to be with you. It's going to be with God. I'm going to talk to God about what it is that, that, that I think you why you shouldn't do this. And if, he, and if you shouldn't, I'm going to ask him to tell you. Because here's what I know at the end of the day. Two things are going to happen. One, it's either going to be of God and it's going to prosper. Or two, it's not and it'll come to naught. Okay, go ahead and we'll move on. But talk about that story <laughs> in Acts. 
what the man says and acts right there. And I think the way this is the way you've always treated me in that there have been some times where you thought, well, first of all, because I trust that you hear from God, the large majority of the time, if you don't think I should do something in this time, I'm going to go back and pray because I trust God in you. But because I trusted God in you, I'm also never trying to hold you back. From doing you are God never trying to hold me back. And what you have done for me several times is that it wasn't that I didn't hear from God. It's that I had some critical pieces missing. And then what you did was you came in and instead of tearing down what I was doing, you built the pieces. Because the thing that I love yes. about you is that you don't believe all vision has to come from you first. No. And it's not even biblical that all vision would come from the head if everybody has the Holy Spirit. And so what you have been, what you, here's what you've done. And if we really joint together, <laughs> if we joint together and you get a vision, then I'm like, the, I'm like the people told Paul. Paul got a vision. He said, then we endeavor to go. So if you got a vision that the Lord told you to start a particular thing, then my job is to endeavor to be with you in that vision because I trust the God in you. No, and, and, and maybe here's the problem. When we have control issues, when we have fear issues, and when we have, let me go ahead and say this, pride. Yep. We think God only speaks like we hear him speak. Mm -hmm. And what arrogance will do is then come together and now I'm going to fight you about what God is doing. And there's a scripture when they want to stop the gospel from being spread. And in Acts, I'm not sure what chapter. Yeah, and, and basically what he says there is this. He says, look, he said, it is hard to kick against the prick. He said, if what they are doing is of God, you fighting against it is not going to stop it. Because you're only fighting God. Because you're only fighting against God. He says, but if it's not of God, and they endeavor to continue to do it, it's going to fail anyway. He says, so you don't have to worry about whether or not it's of God. If you don't think it is, then fine. You talk to God about it. But I don't have to fight you on it because if it's of God, it's going to prosper. And me fighting against it is just me fighting against God. And, in, you know, if we go back to the order, Acts 5 and 39, right? <sighs> Um, if we go back to the order, which is one of the things that God does when we allow him to have control of our heart, is that he puts us back where he always intended for a husband and a wife to be, mm -hmm. which is to be because the, the problem is, and I don't know how we got into this, but maybe this is going to help a married couple. The problem is, is that once again, when we talk about sustain being bare minimum, mm -hmm. many people think help means inferior. Mm. So you think that it's your wife's job to make your vision come to pass without any consideration for her vision. Mm. But one of the things that I love about you is your belief is that as the head, it is your responsibility to make sure that all of the visions that God has placed in my heart have an avenue to come to pass. That's a very different paradigm. Yeah, I can say this with absolute clarity and certainty. If I had not supported your work, both professionally and work in ministry, the ministry wouldn't be where it is today. So when we talk about a vision, it's not 
oh, I got to help you and I'm lowly. No, it's like, what do we need to get accomplished? How do we work together for the good? Because sometimes what people don't realize is when you're able to submit yourself and help somebody else's vision, the thing you think you're supporting is actually building what it is that you want. But people miss that. People miss that. They get into this idea, and I know I'm, I'm going to use this word, they get into this patriarchal idea that if the man don't get the vision, then it ain't the vision. They get in this idea, if the man didn't get the idea, then it's not the idea. But there have been multiple things that we have done in this ministry as a result of something you said that God said. My thing is, if I trust the God in you, I can't just trust it when it's something I would have done anyway. I got to also trust it when it's something I had no idea about. I have no way of how we're going to get it done. And I'm not even sure if God told you. But what I do know is that if you say he told you, let's walk it out and see. Because if it ain't, then we'll make a course correction. And if it is, then we'll end up where, God, where we were supposed to be. Well, and I love this. And I think the other side of And that, I don't know how we got to this. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I know that anytime we begin to flow like this, this is for somebody. Because it, every single time we've ever gone off course like this, because the other thing I want to speak to is I want to speak to women who, because you believe you are superior in your relationship to God, you cannot hear when your husband actually has a word from God. Just because your husband doesn't pray in tongues like you do, he doesn't fast like you do doesn't mean he doesn't hear God, mm -hmm. which means it may be literally be some time that your husband, who you don't even think talk to God that much, is sitting up watching football and you come in with a good idea and he says, babe, it's not the time. That doesn't mean that he is carnal and a heathen. And what we should really get to is that people should not marry each other who don't believers. Let me clarify. Believers should not marry people that they do not believe in the God in the other person. You should, you just because why you would just you shouldn't. want to build a life with someone? Because if you can't trust God that I can hear about something in this ministry, how can you trust whether I can hear about whether somebody is a good friend for our kids? And we really need to fix this Make it thing. make sense. We, we need to fix this thing because a lot of marriages could be healed. And I remember Pastor Cynthia used to tell us this all the time. Yeah. Pastor Edwin and I are so different. Not as different as we used to be. But baby, we used to be so different. For years until he got delivered, he didn't even vote right. <laughs> he didn't, I mean, he didn't even vote right. He was voting, wow. he was voting on the wrong side. Wow. And, he, and I just had to tarry with him till he got delivered. Wow. But the point is, it's, it's my story. When it's yours, you tell it wow. how you tell it. <laughs> but Pastor Cynthia used to say this thing to us all the time. What did she say, yeah, babe? She used to say that if we ever realized that we were opposite sides of the same coin, and if we ever work together, we'd be a very powerful couple. If we ever work together, many of you, hear me if you are married, you may be living together, your money may even be in the same account, but are you actually 
working together. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says one will send a thousand, mm -hmm. but two will send 10,000. And I remember years ago when Pastor Cynthia used to give us this word all the time, this lady had this vision and she had this vision and she saw us. Now, the movie wasn't even out then, but there have been a lot of superhero movies where the couple end up working back to back mm -hmm. to kill the enemies. And she saw us on top of a building back to back because what people don't understand about covenant, which is going to get us right back on there track. You go. What people don't understand about covenant is that covenant is designed to cover weakness. Mm. So the reason that God intentionally gives me somebody like Edwin is he knows that he created me to be a very creative, off-the-cuff kind of person. So he gives me somebody like Edwin so that Edwin can catch me, so that he can cover... Give the... somebody who's thoughtful and, and sustainable and powerful. He knew you needed that. That's right. right. <laughs> he, he knew that. He knew that. He knew that. And I remember this. I remember this. One of, To me, one of the most powerful moments for me in our relationship is when I, when I realized, I said this thing, I said, I build the plane while I'm flying. Mm -hmm. And you said to me, and I will always be with you with a parachute. Mm -hmm. You, He said, you can build that plane while you're flying. But what you can count on is that I'm going to be there with a parachute. And that is really something that has changed our life. And on the other hand, there have been times that you would have taken longer to make oh, a absolutely, decision. Absolutely. And I'm like, no, come on, babe. Come on, babe. Absolutely. God is on this. We got to move now. And part of the beauty of this is the learning how to work together. And many of you, you've been married for years, but you have never learned how to work together. Yeah. And that's why yeah. you're so frustrated. But what we can tell you is that when we begin to work together, baby, let me tell you something. Everything the enemy thought he was going to do to destroy us, we have utterly crushed it. Why? Because we're on the same team. The same team. So much so yeah. that our kids know that we have said to our kids, we're going to be together when y'all gone. Yeah. When y'all move out, when y'all move across the country, when you go live your dreams, we go be together. So the one thing, so this church, yep. our business, yep. our kids, yep. our mama and yep. nobody gets to pit nobody. us against each nope. other. Nope. And some of you, if you would just repent and close the door to letting other things and other people pit you against each other. Man, you be so powerful. And what's our saying? I am not what? I am not, not your, your enemy. enemy. I am not your enemy. I am not your I enemy. I am not your I enemy. We are on the same enemy. team. Even if we see it different, we are on the same team, hit it in the same direction. Ooh, come on. I, I, need, I feel like a family needs this. I want you to say this. <laughs> I want you to say this. Say, we are not enemies, even when we see things differently. We are not enemies, even when we see things differently. We're not. We're just not enemies just because we see it differently. And one of the things that we really learned that helped us so much is that, can I take y'all further? We were supposed to see it differently. Yes. Because how could covenant, how could we cover it? It gave us a 360 view. Come on. It gave us a 300. And, when, when, when I listened to you and I, and I, and I, I listened with the intent to understand, not to refute, when I listen with the intention to understand, not the intention to refute, then I get to see it in a way I hadn't saw it before because I couldn't see it before because I wasn't you. 
I, I, I couldn't, no matter how many times I analyzed it, I wasn't going to see it your way because I wasn't you. It's why God gave me you so I could see what I couldn't see. It's why he gave you, it's why he gave me to you so that I could see what you couldn't see. But together we can see what God sees. Oh, that's so good. Together we see what God oh, sees. Oh, that's so good. And, and when we see it together, watch this, then we go further than we could have went by ourselves, which gets us back on our notes. Which gets us back on our notes. <laughs> to number which gets one. Us back on our notes. <laughs> Listen, and for that seed in your marriage today, you can cash app us. Amen. Because that was free counseling right there. All right. So, number one thing when we look at El Shaddai, this is going to bring us right back, right back. Is that a covenant relationship? All that stuff we were just talking a about. Covenant relationship. What does it do? Causes multiplication. Take you further, faster. One of the ways we know we are in covenant relationship. Is baby, we go further, faster. Mm -hmm. We go further, faster. And many of you, you're like, if I'm not, if I'm not single, can I be in a covenant relationship? Your first covenant relationship is with El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you need to do is be in the church that God has called you to be That's in. Your, your friends need to be covenant yep. friends. And Pastor Ellen and I say all this all the time. There are people who say things like this, and I know they're trying to be really mature. And they say things like, I don't fall out with them because they fell out with you. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, we covenant. Yeah, you don't fool with him. You you can't. You don't I, I can't know. That I you can't don't, know. I can't know that you don't like my wife. I can't and know. I, and that I you still don't rock like with you. I don't have to. I don't have I to. I don't that. have to be mean to you. But I can't know that you don't. That you can't stand my wife. And I'm still cool with you. If if you can't stand my wife, then then we just we just have to be able to operate on on, on separate planes. Ain't got to be no bad feelings. But but we, but I don't rock with people who don't rock with people who I rock. With. Well, you're more mature than me. If you can't stand Edwin, stay out my face. I got it. Stay out my face. I know. No, stay out my face. If you can't stand Pastor Chris and Pastor Ralph, stay out my face. Right, right. Stay out my face because I don't play about covenant relationships. Right. And when God thinks enough of you, to give you people for your life, yeah. you ought to protect yeah. those relationships. Protect relationships. That's right. And many That's of right. you have fallen out. Come on, Holy Ghost. Listen here. You have fallen out with the pastors, with the bosses, and with the friends that were designed to take you further faster because you sat up and you listened to some rebellious spirit talk you out of relationship with mm -hmm. them people. Mm -hmm. See, because men strict say this all the time. See, the enemy is always playing the long game. He always playing the long game. He always playing the long game. Yep. Let me show you what I mean when I say you're playing the long game. If somebody wants to come to me and whisper something about you, mm -hmm. The enemy is not expecting me to act a fool with you today. Not today. Not today. Not today. But he is hoping that he can get enough times that I will entertain someone talking he wants to me that about seed you. to have time to germinate uh -huh. and grow uh -huh. so that in the inopportune uh -huh. time that I either uh -huh. have to correct you, I say something you don't like, I say, say something that you see it differently, then that seed of discontent and in spitefulness that he's allowed to get into your heart now becomes harvest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't sit up. I don't let people talk about my spiritual parents. No, I don't let people talk about my no. spiritual parents. I know that some of y'all sit around and have secret conversations about your pastors mm -hmm. and your spiritual parents. I don't play that. If we drive in the car, you say something negative about Pastor Tony, it's going to be like, ah! let me get that. Um, 
you get on you up out get here because I only drive because whatever issues because whatever issues you got with him that's between y'all. But you cannot spew that in my life. You are not gonna you spew that go. in my life. And some of you right now, you got stalled in your life yep. because you allowed Ooh. someone. You are stalled that's in your life. Stalled in and, your and life. I'm gonna take it further. And mm. some of you are stalled in your life because you sold those seeds. Mm. You sold those. You better seeds repent. And you want to know why it won't go any further? It won't go any further because you was in the secret places whispering things and here's the thing here's the thing i ain't never got to know what you said about mm -hmm. me pastor so-and-so ain't never got to know what you said about them god know and one of the things that god will not tolerate in covenant mm -hmm. is dishonor in the words of kevin hart hit him with fire hit him with fire <laughs> Boom. one thing god will that's not that's true when you and i want you to hear this that's when good. you are sitting in a yes. conversation where you are allowing someone to speak ill of someone you are in covenant with, you might as well be sitting in hell talking to the devil because that's exactly what you're doing. I'm like, Mitch, you can't plant that over here. You can't plant, you that, can't over plant here. that over here. And so for all the people who like, well, I'm mature enough that I can be friends with you if you ain't friends with my husband. That's you, boo. You don't fool Your me. Your environment him. is always working on you. you, you if you don't understand him. that, you're you, you're gonna miss it. Your environment is all you 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 can't sit around people smoking weed all day long and don't get a charge. Your environment you is not. always working on you. you. Just Your environment is always you working on not. you. It's always working. And for those of you who go to churches that you don't trust the leadership anymore, you should stop. Yep. You should leave because them secret meetings that you having, why pastor do it Even this way? You're right. Here, say it again. Even say if again. you are right, you cannot be fighting against leadership. If it, I tell people all the time, even if it's at Fellowship of Champions, if you don't support or you can't believe in Edwin and Sean, you should exit. You should leave. Why? Not just because we don't want you here, but because you harm yourself by being here in this place, kicking against what God has called. If, if, if we're doing something wrong, God will deal with us with it. But it's not your job to be having secret meetings behind the scenes trying to, first of all, you can't kick us out, but trying to kick out your pastor wherever you may go to church. That, that It's just not right. It doesn't work that now, way. Now, somebody may be saying, Pastor Sean, Pastor Edwin, we need a biblical example. I'm so glad you asked. Saul was king. Yep. Saul, God had removed Saul as king. Yep. But Saul still sat in the position. Yep. David had been anointed as king. Yep. But he did not have the position. Yep. When Saul tried to kill David, rather than David hurt him, David just left. David just left. David just left. And God honored David. Things got worse for Saul. Yep. See the principle? Because Saul dishonored <laughs> right, David, right. things got worse for Saul, but things got better for David because it is a principle of honor. And in reality, if you cannot be honorable, and this is what happens a lot of times, you think you're, you think because you're right, you got the right to be disrespectful. Mm. You think that because you're right, that's why the Bible says, parent, children, obey your parents. Mm -hmm. This is the first promise. With this is the first commandment with the, with promise. the promise. You'll be satisfied with long life. A lot of people have gone home early because they disobeyed their mom and oh, dad. Absolutely. They was dishonorable. Absolutely. Absolutely. The principle of honor. You at work. You always undermining your boss. You always got to have a side meeting in the in, in the Zoom talking about why she say that, why she do that. It's dishonorable and you need to hear me as we get back to one. God does not promote 
dishonorable people. And you got to be careful because some people are they they come across as trying to be nice. Just well, I was just listening. You have to shut that stuff shut down. Shut that mess down. Somebody come to you and they start talking about you know somebody who you're in covenant relationship. You have to shut that down. Don't be no. I'm trying to be nice. I just gave him a place to listen. No, 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 no. Shut it down. Shut it down so you don't get caught up in dishonor. And let me tell you why. Because the Bible has already told you what to do when you have an issue with somebody. You go to that person. You go to that person. That's right. How are they talking to you when they haven't been to the person? Yep. How are you? How am I talking to you about something I'm trying to resolve with somebody when I haven't even talked to them? Yeah. Right. And this is just so important. Why? Because listen, we're not gonna finish try to finish all this today because this El Shaddai is big, and El Shaddai is the God of covenant. Mm. And when people are covenant people, they prosper. Mm -hmm. And I want you to say this: say right now, I repent for all dishonor. I am a covenant citizen. I repent for all dishonor. I, I am, am a covenant, covenant citizen. citizen. One of the things you really taught me this: I have watched you do this in work. This thing that you do, and a lot of people, you, you can help the people today so they can be right at work. When your boss. Yep. I know what you're going to say. When your boss asks you to, to put together a project and then he chooses or she chooses to go another way, what is your position of honor? My, Tell the people so they can be I, And the Lord taught me this years and years ago. My position of honor has always been this. If I am a direct report to someone, I have a boss. My boss asked me to do a particular thing. If I do that particular thing and my boss says, let's change this, let's change that. It is my job to give my boss my best professional opinion. But after I have done that, if they choose to go a different direction, then my only job is to support the direction that we're going in. And if I cannot support that direction, then I leave that job. Well, Say it again. If I can't, if I'm ultimately cannot support that, if I so feel like the direction we're going in is so bad that I cannot support it, and I can't keep my mouth closed, I can't, I can't, I can't be behind them supporting it without having to have these sidebar conversations. Then I leave it because there is no honor in staying and being dishonorable. Let me say that again. There is no honor in staying and being dishonorable. I so believe that, that in 2001, I believe it was, two maybe, when we were Church of God in Christ, and I knew that you were called to minister, I wrote the superintendent a letter and explained why it is that you were supposed to be Pastor Sean, not missionary stricken. I wrote an entire letter explaining my position, with biblical points and everything else. And when I was told that I could not call you Pastor Sean, I humbly respected their decision and humbly submitted my resignation to the Church of God in Christ. Why? Because I could not be in that church calling you Pastor Sean because I thought you should be Pastor Sean when the organization said no. So I had to be honorable and leave. And that's exactly what we did. I'm, we're not getting into these things. This is exactly what we did. And people need to learn to operate like that in their life. And I have watched when you have worked on a project, I've watched when you worked on a project and people knew that you didn't agree, 
and they tried to call you and get you to side yep. with them. I've heard you on the phone say, this is the direction we're going. This, this is what so-and-so said. Our boss has said that this is the direction we're going. You, I've never heard you on the phone to them, even if you were frustrated with me. And came and talked to you about it. You never were on the phone nope. with them and the people underneath you undermining undermine because i also believe in sowing seeds and harvest so if i'm do if, if, if i'm going to my if i have a direct report and i'm talking to my direct reports about how i don't support my direct report what do you think they're gonna do you're modeling a behavior for them to be dishonorable so if i model the behavior of dishonor why in the world am i surprised when my subordinates are being dishonorable and some people don't even understand this you have sown so much dishonor in the workplace. And that's the reason you have the problems that you do. Mm -hmm. You have some, because in truth, you really have a pride issue. Yep. And the pride issue is that you think your way is the only best way. And so some of you have learned to be, you're not aggressive, but you passive aggressive. Mm. And so what you do is that once you disagree, you work against the vision. Mm -hmm. You do it in your family. You do it in your jobs. You do it in your churches. And I am telling you that in the kingdom of God, if you want to experience El Shaddai, you will never, ever, ever get to experience the full covenant of El Shaddai if you're not honorable. you can. We're going to get into Abraham next week, those four points. You go and study the honor Abraham had. Yeah. Abraham was an honor. Abraham is so honorable that he brings Lot with him. And their herdsmen get to arguing. And he says to Lot, pick which part of the land you want. You, you pick. You go you left, pick. you go right, I go the opposite way. I'm so convinced El Shaddai is who he is. No matter where I go, I'm going to prosper. And so what I feel like we... And that's why you don't have to be dishonorable. And that's why I don't have to be dishonorable. Because wherever you go, if you take El Shaddai with you, you'll prosper. But you can't have El Shaddai, your sustainer, working on your behalf while you're being dishonorable. And, and then what happens is, is that then you end up living, you end up living as a double-minded man. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, and you see people say this on social media sometimes, that the reason that it is, is you can't support the people publicly because everybody know what you said about them privately, right? I love this. I love that Ramona said, yes. I'm repenting for all dishonor. All dishonor. You got to get that dishonor out your life. You have to practice being honorable. It's and, better to leave than to stay and be dishonorable. And let and let me let I want to say this. Stress I, wanna, I want you to tell this. If at every job you the smartest, if at every church you got more revelation, you've been married three times and you know more than your spouse every time, you are the issue. Mm. You are the issue. Well, let's just because name it. as smart as I am, I don't it. know everything. Mm -hmm. As smart as you are, you don't know mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And so if in every situation you know more than the boss, if in every situation you know more than the pastor, you have a pride issue, right? And it's so important because people like to talk about the spirit of Jezebel, but a, but David had a son that was dishonorable. Mm -hmm. And um, um, Absalom, he had a son that was dishonorable. And because he was dishonorable, he literally lost his life. Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to physically lose your life. I'm telling you, you can lose your, you can lose your inheritance yes. and your destiny for dishonor. 
And, 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 and some of it is people need to break up with this idea that if people don't like your ideas, they don't like you. My God. My God today. Selah. Absolutely. <laughs> Let, 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 let's just let's just do a little soul shifting and we gonna get out of here. I literally, when I when I when I started this new position, had a meeting with my team. The second time I met with all of them, uh, we were on a call, and I think it's almost a hundred of us. And I said to them on that call, I said, You gotta understand that in this organization, in order to be great, we have to be able to give each other feedback. I said, we are not the sum total of our idea. That's, we're, we're not the sum. If my idea is an idea that, 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 that other people don't like, it doesn't mean they don't like me. It just means that that particular thing I suggested wasn't the thing that resonated with other people. And that's okay. And then I don't have to get in my feelings and now don't like nobody else's idea. I don't have to be petty and little like that. I don't have to do that. You can learn to be honorable. You know, maybe that's what we teach next after all of this. We honor. Teach about honor. Listen, and I just want to see this. I, 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 want, I, want, I, I, want, I want us to see this because I really believe whenever we go off like this, that it's something that God is working in. Because that's a 30 minute deviation. Because that's a 30 minute deviation. <laughs> we just don't. We're not even coming right, back to the right. notes. How many of you, because we need, People need to practically know how to work out the word. Mm -hmm. I used to feel like if you didn't like my idea, I'm telling on myself, and I didn't feel this way globally in the world, but I did feel this way about, about you. About me, right. Baby, if other people didn't like my idea, but and some of it was that I cared so much about what you mm -hmm. thought. And so when you didn't like my idea, I would feel like it meant you didn't like me. That I was attacking you. Me. Even if I wasn't attacking the idea, it felt like attack. Uh -huh. And if something feels like something, that's what it is to the person. Okay. And let me tell y'all what I had to do. Because I know y'all will think he had to do something. I had to grow up. Mm. I had to grow up. Yeah. I know you, you think I was about to tell you what he had to do. I had to grow up. I had to understand that love did not mean that he had to agree with every idea. Yeah. I had to understand that like did not mean that he had to agree with every idea. I had to understand, and let's take it a step further and cast down pride. Every idea you had ain't that great. Yeah. And if I love you, I owe it to you to point out the, the parts of the idea you haven't seen. I owe it to you to ask those questions. If I love you, if I don't love you, then I go, whatever idea you come up with, I go, yeah, that sounds great. And some of you have surrounded yourself now with people who endure your foolishness because mm. they really don't care what happened yeah. to you. They don't push back on you because they really don't care. Has this what been a blessing to y'all today? I know we got off of El Shaddai a little bit, but I feel like the Holy Spirit just sent us down that path. I feel like he just sent us down that path, started talking about marriage first, and then brought it back with honor to, to end up getting us to covet. That's our <laughs> next service, right? It's, if it, it's my responsibility to help you grow up. And I made a post the other day, and I said, there are people who wonder why I pastor some people, coach some people, and mentor some people differently. Mm. And I said, because once you show me mm. you can't hear anything but how amazing you are, I don't waste time correcting you yeah. because you just go get mad and offended. Mm -hmm. So when you, the, the see, here's the thing. The test of relationship is not 
when he tells me I'm amazing. Mm. Somebody better hear me. The test of relationship is not when he says, Sean, you go into the nations. The test of relationship is when you say to me, listen, your business has now made enough money that you need a better record keeping system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, <laughs> ah, now what? Now what? <laughs> now what? Yeah, yeah. The test in relationship is when somebody who's so detailed as you, and then you let me say to you, I know you're detailed, but you're getting caught in the negativity of this mm -hmm. and letting me say that to you without you fighting me. Now, 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 and, 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 and let's be honest with the people. Okay? okay. When you said to me, you're starting to thrive off negative energy. I did not go, oh, babe. <laughs> You're right. I'm thriving off of negative energy. No, you did not. I didn't do that. Why? Because when you call out something that somebody is doing that needs to be changed, our natural inclination is to protect ourselves. It, here, God. That is your, and you guys. have to know that about yourself. My, so I didn't just go, you're so right, Sean. I said, what do you mean? I'm thriving yeah. off negative energy. How are you going to tell me I'm thriving? Off? What am I being negative about? The way you're responding right now? <laughs> but but once you but if you can calm yourself down, if you can work on what you talk about, that thinking, feeling cycle, if you can pause long enough, you can then get a revelation to see it from another person's view. And you are right. If I'm not careful, I can literally become energized by what people would consider to be negativity. I don't call it that, but it is negativity. So like, call it that. <laughs> call it that. He's still getting delivered. He's still getting delivered. So I can call it that. So you're exactly right. You have to be willing to listen to other people to help you be better. Now let's bring you full circle. Yep. This is why us understanding we aren't each other enemy help. Because when you get upset or when I get upset, the other one typically backs up mm -hmm. because I remember I'm not your enemy right. and you remember you're not yeah. my enemy, yeah. which is why what we do is we say, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And we give the other person an opportunity. But so a lot of times in church, a lot of time in corporations, you're wondering why someone is mentoring somebody and they're not mentoring you because you get in your feelings and you stay in your feelings. It's not that you get in your feelings. It's that you stay in your feelings. Most people. And I, I, I you know, it's funny. Trinique and I were talking one time and she like, she was like, you need to do a whole class on this. Most people do not know how to effectively receive feedback. They just don't. They can receive praise. Praise. But if it's not praise, they do not know how to effectively receive feedback. And it was a problem. And I was one of those, which is why I can teach it now, because I had to learn to receive feedback. If you're whatever job you have, as you begin to ascend toward the C-suite, okay, you are going to have to learn to appropriately receive feedback because everything uh, when 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 you're when you're going when, when you're when you're headed toward that C-suite, everything's about process improvement. Everything's about continuous improvement. Every everything is about how do we become more efficient, and all of that requires a conversation. 
And if you get triggered at that conversation, you will never ascend to the place you desire to be because you don't know how to take feedback. Because you don't have any emotional maturity mm. that allows you to know that you are loved and you are proficient yep. even when you aren't perfect. That's it. That's it. So now what people are trying to do is that they're trying, and it, it reminds me of the Emperor's New Clothes. Mm. We all see you naked. <laughs> but nobody's going to say but it. But nobody will say that you're yeah. naked because yeah. you done acted such a fool <laughs> right. when somebody told you that you was naked. <laughs> right. right. And so now you're just walking around here naked. Everybody needs growth. Everybody needs someone who can speak to them and say, there are times, even when we teach a message, for years, for years, for years, when I would get through preaching, <laughs> Babe would say to me, this is what Babe would say to me, because if you've ever heard me preach, I still do this, just not as much. I, but, but you do it now with such skill. <laughs> you, you, it's not noticed. <laughs> I still do it, though. Babe would say, good message. But you can't preach the whole Bible. You cannot preach every story. Because what, you know what was the rule? You huh? had to do what? You had, you had to, to tell them what you go tell them. You have to tell them. And then you have to tell them what you told and them. And then get up out of it. And get up out of it. <laughs> and, I, I, and he would just, he would say, and he's just, but I had to let him teach me. Hey, I know. And he would say to me, I know you want them to know everything you know so their lives can change. But if you want them to do that, you have to learn how to teach and walk. I them used to through. say you can't chase rabbits. You can't, you can't, chase, you can't rabbits. chase rabbits. Every thought that comes in your mind, you can't go down that rabbit hole. And I'm telling you, listen, you have you have perfected preaching. What is preaching? <laughs> Teaching and preaching. You have perfected it and you do a wonderful job at it. But if you had been stubborn and just dug in, I'm telling you, you never would have been as effective as a communicator as you are right now. You took the feedback. No, because real talk, I know that I'm going to chase some rabbits. Yeah. In my mind, I'm always thinking, but how am I going to bring this rabbit back to the point? Why? Because I know if I don't, you're going to say to me <laughs> that I left the rabbit out there <laughs> right, on the trail. Right. Now, I'm going to tell y'all this last story as you get ready to give your offering. And you can, um, and you can, this is one of the funniest stories ever. We had, we had a church in Conway. And I came to Pastor Ellen and I said, no, mm. first I went to the team. Because I was over a team. I went to the team. I got all the team in. And for resurrection service or Christmas service or whatever. It was Easter. I wanted animals. It was Easter. I wanted something. animals, y'all. And so I go to Pastor Edwin. We all so excited. And I was like, this is why, and, and let me say this right before she tells the story. This is why you need people on your team who will give you some pushback. People who will say, have we considered? People who say, have we thought about? People who will say, what if you need those kind of people on your team? You don't just need cheerleaders. She wanted live oh, no, 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 animals. No, 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 because no. it was I wanted to, I wanted somebody to be Jesus and ride in on the line, the, the coat. Yes. And I said, babe, listen, we want to some other animals too. It wasn't just the donkey. Or whatever. But it was definitely that. <laughs> it was a bunch of live animals. Strict. It's like Nietzsche said, live, she was there. Live it's animals. not a bunch of live animals in Easter. So it was at least a donkey. I know I wanted some donkeys. Okay. okay? You, had, you had a vision. I had a vision. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Chris will always <laughs> have my back. Always. That's why I love you, Chris. Always. That's why you're my girl. <laughs> she had a vision. Uh -huh. If that had been Tamara, she'd be like, it was seven <laughs> animals. But I love you, too. Um, but anyway, so I'm I'm so excited, y'all. I want these animals. We done worked out a whole plan. 
I go to Pastor Edward. They or maybe we did. Planning. We did. And I say, what I say, babe? I don't, I really don't remember. All I know is that when you was talking to me, y'all was talking about all these decorations and stuff. And then the part that this drew me is when you talked about having some some somebody riding in on some donkeys or something and some like and, Jesus on the coast. Yeah, but it was something else. It was some other animals, and I was like, time out, time out. There are liability issues that go along with having live animals inside of a building. What what about the sanitary conditions? What if the donkey pooped on the floor? What if they I'm like, right. first of all, this isn't even our building. We're renting this. Does our lease even allow? I had a litany of questions for y'all. And you felt like I was dumping on your dream. I was so <laughs> mad at you. You I were. Was, no, I wanted a passion play, Leslie. I was so <laughs> mad at him. But when I stopped and thought about it, because the first kid to get bit by that donkey, <laughs> we was going to be sued. <laughs> he just said, and we didn't know anything about donkeys. So it's your opportunity to give. And so we try to tell our own stories. So when we tell our own stories, you don't feel like we're judging you. Right. Chris is like, she right. If it had just been me and Chris, baby, we'd have tried to pull them donkeys Because at one point you said, at one point you had mentioned that how cool it would be if we had some lions in a cage. I was like, girl, we don't finna have no lions in no cage in this building. Well, Bishop Jakes had done it. <laughs> Bishop Jakes had lions. Right. Lawsuit just waiting to happen. Destiny just waiting to happen. And my point to you is this. That didn't mean he didn't love me. Right. That didn't mean we couldn't do some cool things. It didn't mean I didn't support the vision. And at some point, <laughs> at some point, we're going to have a service with some live animals, even if we got to do it outside, because I still got that vision. Amen. Right. Amen. But you have to let somebody be able to talk to you without you being offended. That's right. That's right. And we say this all the time. People say to us, we wish we could come and live with y'all. And we always say, you don't really want this smoke. <laughs> because in our family, nobody just lets people get away with saying mm -mm. anything and calls it love. Mm -mm. We just don't, mm -mm. right? And so you, I want to challenge you this week. Ask the Lord who can really be honest with you that you take their feedback. Mm -hmm. Who can really give you feedback? And what you ought to get quicker at is licking your wounds. Mm -hmm. You ought to grow up and mature and get quicker at licking your wounds. Did any, does anybody ever... And stop letting everything be a wound. Let everything be a wound. Don't stop let letting everything, everything can't everything be, no be a wound. Everything can't be no wound. Listen, do you wonder how Jesus' emotions he may have, must have felt <laughs> when um when um Mary and him come and get him out the temple? I mean, literally, he's sitting in the temple. He know more than what they know, but his mom say, come on back home. You know what he did? Got on up and went on back mm -hmm. home. Listen, we had an hour and nine and 30 minutes. Thank y'all for <laughs> hanging out. It's your opportunity to give. If you don't know Jesus, you should get to know Jesus because if you don't know Jesus, you, you missing out on the best thing in life because he is the best thing that ever happened to me. Listen, if you haven't shared this broadcast, you ought to share it. I think there's some miracle. I, I might share. I'm going to share this, I think, to our marriage group. There's, there were some nuggets that you dropped I wish here. we could. I don't know if we can. I wish. I can upload it. Is there a way to edit just part of the marriage part? I don't know about all that. Well, Ralph, let us know if there's a way. Chris and Ralph are saying there's a they way. They need to hold it. They need to hold the whole message. Bang. But you still <laughs> okay, can have a right, segment. Right. See what I'm saying? See what happened But right okay, here? but okay, okay. okay. We, if there is a way to edit out the marriage segment and then the, mar the segment right. about feedback, let's take those smaller chunks, put them on YouTube, put them on the website. Okay. Okay? All right. All right. All right.
Listen, we love you guys so much, and we just want you to live your best life. Oh, and if you are a first time visitor, this is your first time. I saw we some names. Say hey. I saw some names I hadn't seen before. So hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope you joined us and had a great time. So praise God for you. And since we got so far off our notes, as you're getting ready to give today, <laughs> can y'all tell us what y'all took away from this message? Just drop we something got in the so comments. So far away from our notes. Drop something today, in the right? comments that we can read before the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Comes. Just tell us something that you got from the Jesus. notes. Because Lord Jesus. I, 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 I feel like it was good because they stayed on. <laughs> so since they stayed on, they must have got something out of it. Um, getting quicker about taking myself to Jesus when I get offended. Mm, I love that she gonna yeah. take herself to Jesus. Instead mm -hmm. of Jesus having to come talk to I her, she that. going to talk That's to Jesus, right? right? Yeah. So you have many ways to give. One of the things that we at take away no animals in church. I love this church. I love y'all. Y'all the best people. Y'all, I can't wait till we can do our first fellowship. I hope I we know, can do it this I summer. Know. Hopefully Listen, this summer. Courtney says everything can't be a wound, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, me, my husband, and kids, we're not enemies. How lying lips and whispers destroy relationships, Woo. right? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Take away. God can't honor Josh me in my own. gonna have a petting zoo one day. Amen. Amen. Y'all better get some workers out there. Amen. Me and my husband are not enemies, and seeing each other from each other's view gives us 360 views. That's yes. right. Stop taking feedback as offense. That's right. Destiny really said it because that's really Stop the problem. Stop taking feedback as offense. I don't have to be perfect to be loved. There it is. The importance of not letting folks get in your marriage. I've got to say this, Dexter. Unless you're being abused or mistreated, then you need to let people get all up in your marriage right. to help you, right? The right people. The right people. Because I right. remember one of the best piece of advice we ever got about marriage uh, was from uh, Taff and Kiva. And they said to us, they said, find people who are happy and hang around with them. Find married people who are happily married and hang around with them and learn what you can from them. Amen. Honesty said, learn that you shouldn't separate from covenant relationships. I'll say this about what honesty said. Here's what people don't understand. If you separate from a covenant relationship and God called you to the covenant relationship, you leaving the relationship didn't change what God said. That's right. It just makes you being disobedient. And you, and, you, and you don't get the benefits of being where God told and you to be. And you don't get the benefits of being where God told you yep. to be. All right. It's your opportunity to give. If you are a international partner, then you can use PayPal, FOC Church, NWA at Gmail. If you are an in-state partner, please use one of the other things to give. We are believing that this is a hundred, this is a hundred percent tithing church. Amen. Why? Because we know what we've been able to do at this level. And every time we have a hundred percent tithers, every time all the people give, we will have overflow abundance and meet every need. And we want you to be blessed. And that's part of it. I love Okimwe say if you can't serve too. honorably lead. lead. You put yes. that one up. If, if you, you can't, can't serve, serve honorably, honorably lead. lead. Latanya says, people who disagree with my ideas are not rejecting me. That's right. Destiny said, I don't know everything. Sonya says, covenant is designed to cover weakness, right? Angie says, my husband covers my weakness, right? It is safe to receive feedback and not question my value. Yes. I don't have to question my yes. value because someone disagrees yes. with my idea. Yes, yes, we gonna let y'all yes. get out of here because we went. Now I do want to say we got a five minute intro in this, so we actually not at ninety minutes yet. But, but anyway, we gonna go ahead and let y'all get out of here, and we thank y'all. So you got three minutes left, and we're gonna come back next week, and we're gonna continue talking about El Shaddai. And I believe even in what we said right here, this is a job for El Shaddai. Uh -huh. Because the more we yeah. know that he sustains and protects and provides, 
then we don't have to fight all of these battles That's and right. have all of this idolatry. My right? goodness, Listen, my goodness, my Kelvin goodness. said, true educators. I love how y'all modify and adjust. Listen, <laughs> I learned that from him right there. Right there, you got to modify, you got to adjust. <laughs> all right, we love y'all. Wait, one more question. Who you got in the Super Bowl tonight? Who are you going for? I just want it to be a good game. I don't have a dog in the hunt. Well, actually, I take that back. We have a covenant partner who is a Bengals fan, I believe. A Bengals fan. And Angel so, and, Preston. So, so, Angel, I'm hoping that what you desire come to pass, I guess. That's what I'm praying. Oh, but Kristen is a Rams fan. Well, I hope the Rams oh, win. Lord. Or I hope the Bengals win. <laughs> or the Rams or the Bengals. <laughs> oh, so let's see how many. I'm going for the Bengals and the Rams. <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to see how many partners we. No, I already said. I, I, I already agree. Angel, I'm with you. I said it yesterday. I'm going to stick with it. Angel, I'm with you. I'm with you. Destiny said she just hit for the halftime show. Right. I just want to see. Chris you... said, I'm here for the halftime show. Oh, Chris. Christy because Burroughs fan. Yeah. So I'm don't be double. <laughs> don't be double minded for football, right? George said he going for the winner. He said whoever wins, that's who he that's celebrating. Who Steve, he All right. We really do love y'all. We about to get out of here because Pastor Ellen is cooking for us. For some Valentine's steaks for Valentine's that steaks for the Super Bowl. We'll do it early. And so we love y'all. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great day. Love you guys. Love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.